If you, if you have your Bibles, turn, turn to John chapter 3 and hold your place there for a moment for me. And then turn over to Isaiah 45. I'm going to We have been looking at and studying on uh, sweet things out of dark places. I started this about a few weeks ago. I don't know how many more I got to go, but I, I like the day, so I want to read that. Uh, let's look in Isaiah 45 first. Let us stand, Isaiah 45. This is the verse that we have been dealing with throughout the whole time of the series. And uh, it's gotten really resonated in my heart on why God does this, and I, I really love it. And, and Isaiah 45, verse 3 says, And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. Uh, Listen to this. Every individual that is born into this world, that is your first birth. They're born into darkness. We're born into sin. Everybody in this world is not born into the God's family. You're not born a Christian at your first birth. You're not saved. Or this idea that I've always known God. You might have known God growing up. But I'm talking about a time and a place where God called you out of the darkness into His saving light and you respond with the gospel call and you swap sides of the fence. Now, that's what the Lord is in the text saying. Look at it in verse 19 uh, of Isaiah 45. I have spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I have not... Unto the seed of Jacob seek ye in vain. He's not seeking in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come draw near together. Ye that are escaped of the nations that have no knowledge that they set up the wood and their carving, graven images and, and pray unto a God that cannot save them. When God calls you, your response should be, Come. It should not be, uh, I have got better things to do. It should not be, well, I've got plenty of time. Or I've got a life to live, a lot of life to live. No, when God calls, your job is to come. You say, what happens if I don't come? Well, He may give you another chance, or He may not. I can say this, there are plenty of people in the graveyard and in hell that never got the second chance. So your job is to come when He calls, not when you get good and ready. God is working on you at times. It's not your time schedule. You come when He calls. In verse 21, He said, Tell ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together who have declared this from ancient time, who have told it from that time. Have I not the Lord, and there's no God else beside me, a just God, and a Savior, 
and there's none beside me. I, I'm sorry, but there's only one way to God. There's only one Savior. There are not many ways to heaven like the people want to say. It's not your way. It's not my way. It's not the Muslim way. It's not the Buddha way. It's not the Catholic way. It's not the Baptist way. It's not that everybody's going to wind up in heaven doing it their own way. Absolutely not. There's only one Savior and there's only one way. Verse 22, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of earth. For I am God, and there is none else. If you're lost in a dark place this morning, God is calling you through His Word to come to His light. This morning I'm going to do my best to shine the light of the gospel to you this morning from the Scriptures into your heart. That's my job as a preacher. And yours is to come. Look at Him. He said, look unto me. Call on me. And be saved this morning. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you for each heart that's here. We ask you, Lord, touch our hearts and open us up. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. We're living in a world that's lost and undone. But, Lord, we can still stand and shine for you in this world. And we praise you and glorify you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We're going to look at a man today that he got the same exact message was given to him in John chapter 3. We find in our text a man named Nicodemus. He comes into a darkness of night to have word with the Lord Jesus Christ. I have heard preachers preach on this, say this. The reason why he came by night was because he was afraid. And he came by under cover of darkness. Look at verse number one. There was a man of a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same of Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. They, they say he came under the skies of darkness, said the other people would not see him. Nobody would be able to recognize him in the dark. But I got to looking at this and thinking another reason, maybe a reason why he came at the dark. And I thought this reason why he came by the night. It was a time of desperation that led him there. Maybe Nicodemus was laying in bed and he was tossing and turning, could not find no rest, could not find no relief. Maybe Nicodemus had heard Jesus preach before. Obviously, he had seen the miracles that Jesus has done because he said in verse 2, No man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Maybe he was laying in his bed and could not get that vision out of his head. And the words that Jesus said was just ringing in his ears. And the miracles that he saw him do, he, he could not get rid of it. Maybe he heard Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father except by me. 
Nothing he had done. He was laying in bed. He could not find any rest. He could not find any relief. Bible said he was a ruler of the Jews. He had a position. He had rulership. But yet he still not, could not find rest for his soul. Bible says he's the ruler of the synagogue. He had religion. He was an intelligent man. He was a faithful man. He had morals. This is the kind of guy that you would want to be neighbors with. You wouldn't have to worry about him stealing anything from you because he was that type of guy. He was successful. He was a ruler. He's the kind of man that people would love to be around. But listen to this. Listen to me. Even though this man had religion, even though he had rulership, he had never been redeemed or bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. He needs a redeemer. You say, what do you and I need this morning? We need a redeemer this morning. We need a redeemer. This man is lying in his bed and all his success has brought him no rest and no peace. To a troubled soul. His religion didn't bring him rest for his troubled soul. His, stat his status in the community had found no relief. This man was in a dark night. And he has to get up and go seeking and hunting for some rest and relief. Can I say this this morning? The reason many of you have come to Jesus when you did, you had tried everything in your life. You've looked in all the wrong places. And what you found was laying you up and your head on the pillow at night. And you could not find no relief. You could not find any rest. Nothing you did brought you no relief. It did not give you the joy that you wanted in your life. It did not bring fulfillment that the world promised. Some of you here this morning, you laid your head on the pillow and you had no peace. You had no joy. You don't have real rest. Everything you had been tried and it come to a dead end. You're boxed up in a dark place this morning. Your religion, your good deeds... Your bad deeds has all led you to the same place this morning. But I'm here to tell you there is a Savior. And His name is Jesus. He can give you rest to the thirsty soul. He can give you rest when you're seeking soul. He can give you rest in the troubles in soul. He is looking for you. He can rest look no further. Jesus said, come unto me. All you that labor and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Listen, the burdens of this world are heavy. 
the burden in trying to be a good religious person is heavy. Burdens of sin is heavy. Even the sins that nobody knows about are heavy in your life this morning. But this morning, if you would just step into the light. Come to the light. Come clean with God. There is rest in Jesus. And you can only find it in Him this morning. The sweetest thing in the darkness, this man needed a Redeemer. I'm glad that you were here this morning. But I think we need more than just religion. Or just being pretty good in our life. We need this morning to be saved by God's grace. What are the things that we find that come out of the darkness? What are those? Let me give you three things and we'll go home real quick. Verse number three. The sweet truth. Nicodemus said unto Jesus, No man, no man can do these things that you do except God be with him. And Jesus answers him. In verse three. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, which thou first birth is born of water, and a man be born of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. He said, Nicodemus, don't be shocked. He said, I, I look at you with all your religion." with all your status, with all your knowledge. Don't be surprised that I look at you and say, ye must be born again. Now you imagine this Nicodemus. In his mind he thinks, but I, I'm a chosen seed of the nation of Israel. I worship the right God. I'm in the right church. I'm a stock of Abraham. I paid my tithes, I fast, I worship. None of that, of that matters, Nicodemus. You say, why, it, it, why ain't that good enough? Why ain't what he's doing is good enough? All your righteousness but his filthy rags, the Bible tells us. Now listen to me, Nicodemus is not like the rest of the Pharisees. Now, you get a hold of this. I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about morality. He does not do what he does with a wrong heart like the rest of the Pharisees. They do what they do with a wrong heart, but not Nicodemus. He's one of the best 
moral men that Jesus ever come across. But even that kind of man, even that kind of man, Jesus looks at him and says, Nicodemus, all that you got, your status and who you are, ye must be born again. Now listen to me. If a man from that stock of the tribe of Israel has all his I's dotted and his T's crossed that lived a clean and moral life than anyone in this building. And if Jesus pointed out him and said, ye must be born again, where does leave you and I at? Rest of us Gentile dogs, we don't even compare to that. We're lost and dying and going to hell, living like the world and the flesh and the devil. I'll tell you where it leads us at. You must be born again. No matter how good you are, no matter what you say, no how perfect you think you are, ye must be born again. It doesn't matter what your family tree looks like doesn't matter how bad you were or how good you were. Ye must be born again. You may not even have any religion upbringing. You still must be born again. You, must be, you might have been raised in church, but you still need to be born again. Listen, if Jesus were told the woman at the well... And all that she done, and she had five husbands, and, and the one she's got is not her husband. And, and if she, if Jesus had looked at her and said, "Ye must be born again," we'll all say, "You're right." She needs a new start. She needs a new start. Can you imagine this? The woman that was called in adultery. They bring her to her and they throw her at Jesus' feet and tells her all that she's done. If he had looked at her and said, Ye must be born again. They said, Oh, yeah, Jesus, you're right. She needs a, she needs a fresh start. Yes, Jesus. If on the cross he looked at the guy on the right-hand side and he's pleading and begging, he said, I, I, Remember me. And then he looks at him, No, ye must be born again. We would all agree, hey, he's getting what he deserved. He got what he deserved. But if you got what you deserve, you'd be in the same place. You know what being born again this morning is? It's a brand new start. A, a, a baby laying in the nursery at the hospital had just been born has a brand new start. He hadn't done anything wrong. Cannot be found guilty of anything. It's a new birth. Can I say that's what you're looking at this morning? On the outside. I, I, I may be able to want this point to, I'm no good. You say, well, everything's wrong in my life. You're right. But I've been born again. I have a birth from above on the inside of me. 
And as far as God is concerned now, because I've been bought and because I've been paid for, I've been birthed again into the family of God. As far as God is concerned, He no longer sees all my sins. He doesn't see my past. He doesn't hold anything against me. I'm just telling you, I have a new birth. I've got a new start. I'm headed in a new direction. Amen. It's a new start. It's a fresh start. I think all of us need a fresh start. We all need a fresh start. The slate has been wiped clean. Wiped clean. Doesn't matter where you came from. It's still the sweet truth this morning. You must be born again. It don't matter if you was an outcast. You must be born again. It, it doesn't matter if you are a, a part of the elite group. You still must be born again. I love the song, Kneel at the Cross, where, where a king can call on the Savior or a beggar kneel beside him and can call on the beggar. It doesn't matter who you are. Ye must be born again. I, I thank God for the new birth that a sinner can get a hold of this morning. A, a sinner can have it all stacked against him. But the mercy and grace of God can have it all washed away. In his rich royal blood that is shed at Calvary. Thank God for a new birth this morning. What are you saying, preacher? Ye must be born again. I don't care how bad or good you were. You must be born again. If you're interested in having a new start, and I don't think people understand the seriousness of this, of their situation. And if it's this, there's a God in heaven that is angry with you this morning because your sins, and He looks and that's all He sees. You say, no, God loves me. The Bible said He's angry with wicked every day. You're not saved today. You're not under the love of God. You're under the wrath of God. You've got to go to Calvary. Sweet thing it is, the sweet truth is, you must be born again. The other thing I see is the, the, sweet, the sweet text. That come out of the, the sweet text. Y'all, y'all all know it too. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. Ain't that a sweet text? Ain't that something you can hang your hat on? And that comes out of the darkness. Where this man can find and rest relief for his soul. Not just a sweet truth of being born again. But a sweet text that God loved the world so much that he sent his son. To prove how much he loved us. To die on Calvary. The Lord Jesus used an illustration of that ruler of the synagogue. And the, and the ruler of the Jews. Uh, and the one that he, he knew the law. That even he could reach out and grab a hold of. It was that picture of Christ in the Old Testament. In verse 14. 
And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even must be the Son of Man be lifted up. And whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The Lord used that story to show him something. He knew, he knew what to get a hold of him. He knew, he knew the law. He knew the test, Old Testament. He knew what he could say in Isaiah 45. In 22 it said, we just read it. Look unto me and you should be saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. In numbers, uh, their, their disobedience, in numbers and their disobedience to God, the whining, the complaining to God. You know, let me, just, let me just stop here and say for a moment, Baptist people, stop whining and complaining. I don't want to wind up like children of Israel. Disobedient? We are disobedient. We whine about this, whine about that. We whine about how cold it is. We whine about how hot it is. The seat's too soft. The seat's too hard. The back's too hard. The back's too soft. We whine about everything. Well, back then when they whined, God sent snakes. I don't like snakes. I don't even like the word snake. Don't like it. And I don't want God to get angry with us because we're whining and being disobedient and send snakes. So what God, Moses pleaded to God and God said, I'll tell you what to do, Moses. Take a brass serpent and fasten it to a staff. And, and when someone is bitten, just raise it up. Just raise it up. And say, hey, look and live. Look and live. Look and live. No, we sent for a doctor. I'm just going to wait for a doctor to come by. All you got to do is look and live. No, 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 no. My religion don't let me do that. I'm still trying to be a good old boy. Just look and live. No, no, no. I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. And finally he comes across one taking his last breath, been bitten several times. He's about ready to go under. He, Moses comes to him and says, hey, 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 all you got to do is look and live. I, I don't think that's going to help. I don't think that's going to do I don't think it's going to be any good. I'm just telling you, look and live. He says, well, I'll give it a shot. And about that time, he cuts his eyes up and sees that serpent on that stab. And all of a sudden, he felt the life and the health come back in his body. His blood start cleaning up and clearing up. And he started feeling happy about it. You know what he did? He ran around everybody else. Look and live! Look and live! Because I looked and I lived. That's the same thing with Jesus Christ this morning. He's been lifted up. He's been lifted up. Look and live. That's what he's calling us to do. In the text, the last two words of everlasting life. I'm not waiting for everlasting life. What do you mean? I'm living my everlasting life now. The day I got saved... My everlasting life started. The outward man may perish, but the inward man is renewed daily. For those that look, there's an everlasting life. But those that don't believe, there's an everlasting condemnation. Verse 17, And God sent not his Son in the world to condemn the world, but in the world through him it might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not 
is condemned already because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You're not waiting to be condemned. You're already condemned. I can't condemn you. People say, why do you, why you judge me? I'm not judging you. You condemn me for the things I do. I'm not condemning you. I cannot condemn you. But God has. God's word has condemned you. There's coming a day when everything's going to be wiped away. And if you, do, if you have rejected him, if you have not received him, he said, hey, you're already condemned. We see the sweet truth that you must be born again. And we see the sweet text, for God so loved the world that gave of his only begotten son. But I want you to see the sweet transformation of this man, Nicodemus. In chapter 7 of John. Chapter 7, verse 45. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never man spake like this man. They knew there was something different about him. No, nobody has ever spake like him. No man has ever spake like him since either. I don't care how many people on TV tell you they're speaking like that. no. Then answered them to the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Have any of the rulers or, or the Pharisees believed on him? But these people who knew who knoweth not the law are cursed. Here's this man, Nicodemus, said unto them, He that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, doeth our law judge any man before it hurt him, and knoweth what he do? They answered and said unto him, Thou art also of a Galilean. Search and look, for out of the Galilee arises no prophet. Do our law judge any man before he heard him? Nicodemus had already heard him. I, I think Nicodemus was trying to tell them this. If you would just listen to him. If you just hear him, if you just hear some of the things that he says, it will transform your life. I'm telling you this morning, if you give him ear, and I'm not talking about hearing me, if you could hear the Spirit of God speaking to your heart this morning, I wonder if you have responded to the Spirit that is speaking through the Scriptures to you this morning. We see this sweet transformation. Look at verse number, chapter number 19. Verse number 38. This is the last time you find the name Nicodemus mentioned in the Bible. And after this, Joseph Zarmathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly fearing of the Jews, brought Pilate 
sought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took his body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, and about a hundred pounds of weight. Then they took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in linen clothes with the spices and of the manner of the Jews is to bury it. Jesus has died on the cross. Now they're coming to get him to bury him. You say, what's this about? This is a public declaration. Public declaration that I'm not ashamed to be identified with that man. The one that you crucified. The Romans says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and the mouth confess is made unto salvation. For the scriptures have said, Whatsoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Sounds like to me that Nicodemus believed on him. He said, I'm not ashamed of the one that you crucified with. I'm not ashamed to be identified him. And I'm not ashamed to be hanging around the disciples. He said, I might have everlasting life by this. Can I tell you this morning, I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I don't care what the world calls me. I don't care what they think about me. They can call me a religious nook or a, a, a religious fanatic. I, I say that a man that would take up my cross and go to the cross of Calvary and die for me and lay, sit on there for six hours naked, that's pretty fanatical to me. And if he would do that for me, I think I'll get a little fanatic about that to him. I have nothing to be ashamed of this morning. We, we see the transformation in this man's life because he was not ashamed to be identified. He was not ashamed to be identified with Jesus. Not ashamed to be identified with the disciples. I, I doubt people's salvation. Listen to me. I doubt people's salvation when they don't associate with the church associate with Christ I doubt that see we want the convenience of Christianity today we want to keep Christ secret in our lives that nobody knows and God said it don't work that way you got to confess Christ before men because if you don't if you're ashamed of him before men Christ says I'll be ashamed of you for my father The thing of it is this morning is, ye must be born again. There must be a time in your life that when God spoke to you in that dark place of yours and spoke to you and you made that choice to get up and start following Him, there must be a point and place in your life that you can go back to this. That's when I got born again. That's where I got born again. I'm going to stand with him no matter what comes my way. No matter what the world throws at me, 
I've decided I'm going to stand with him. you got to make a decision this morning. And you say, well, I don't want to make that decision right now. Let, let me say this right quick and we'll be done. You, you've got to make a decision right now. You say, well, you either make a decision to serve God, and when you do, I'm going to serve God with my whole heart, my whole body, my whole life. You say, well, I'm not going to do it now, what you're doing. Then you say, well, I'm not going to serve God. I'm going to serve the devil. Well, I'm not serving the devil. Well, you've got to choose. You've got to choose. You either serve God or serve the devil. That's the Bible says that. There, there's no such thing as the in-between. No such thing as, well, I'll ride this way for a while. No. And what I'm telling is we're living in a day that we need to sell out more than ever. Just look around in this world. Look at the mess we're in. And we really need to sell out. Lord, I, I, I'm, I haven't sold out 100%, but I'm going to come and I'm going to sell out to you today. I'm going to give you everything there is.